All right, welcome to the Driven Fitness Podcast, episode one, week one. We're going to be talking about the keto flu and your first week of keto. Common mistakes people make the first week of keto and solutions for some problems you might run into. We take requests for the podcast topics on the Driven Fitness Facebook group, Driven Fitness uh, Keto Bodybuilding and OCR, which is for obstacle course racing. So the first topic of discussion is the most common mistake I see people making when they're first starting off the keto diet is they want to avoid fat or cut calories, kind of one in the same. So uh, your first week of keto, the biggest advice I can give you is going to be to track your macros, track your calorie count, and find some way to figure out how many calories you burn on average day. The most most of the time, the keto flu is going to be caused by one of two things, either dehydration, which is going to give you a keto flu and a headache, a killer headache. I've finally experienced that after almost eight months on the keto diet. The other big problem you will run into is just not having enough energy and feeling like you have symptoms very similar to the flu, hence the name the keto flu. This is usually derived from a lack of fat or lack of calories. The first week to two weeks of keto, the worst thing you can do for your keto diet is going to be cutting your calories. The first week week to two weeks of the keto diet, I cannot emphasize this enough. The best thing you can do is to eat at a calorie surplus. Um, once you've adapted to the high fat, fat levels commonly associated with the keto diet, your body will have an easier time tapping into your body fat for extra energy when necessary. This is when cutting calories becomes optimal. Until you are fat adapted, cutting the calories is going to make your life a little rough. So do not be afraid to eat at a calorie surplus the first week to two weeks of the keto diet after you have fat adapted, feel free to start dropping those calories down to see those weight loss results that you're really probably chasing with this diet. That being said, the other issue I've ran into recently after almost six or eight months on the keto diet, I've been on the keto diet since uh, September and it is now May and I'm not going to do that math right now, but somewhere between six and eight months, I believe is a very, 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 very bad headache. And this has been coming on due to being dehydrated, something I didn't really have much of an issue with because I started this diet towards the end of the summer. And I've been on this diet throughout the winter. And it's just now starting to get warm enough where dehydration is becoming a major factor. One of my buddies that's been on the keto diet for a couple years now turned me on to pickle juice. The high sodium levels in the pickle juice really helps with the dehydration. And I believe there's some electrolytes in there too. Uh, mostly the sodium though is going to really help with that. So pickle juice, uh, and I'm going to start doing more probiotics uh, in the form of sauerkraut. Tonight for dinner, we've actually got Bratwurst wrapped in bacon. It was served with sauerkraut. One of my customers I just recently found out was a on the keto diet and recommended it to me. Well, he didn't really recommend it to me. He showed me a picture of his dinner from the night before, and I was like, oh, sauerkraut, bratwurst wrapped in bacon. Yes, please. I need this in my life. So we're going to be doing that for a meal prep tonight. 
Now, issues with the keto flu are mostly caused from the calorie cuts. That is a very common mistake I see with people starting the keto diet. The headache is going to be from dehydration. As you probably are aware, this diet really, really makes it hard to retain water because of the lack of carbohydrates in it. This can be countered by sodium. Don't be afraid to salt your food. Highly recommend the pink Himalayan rock salt because it has higher magnesium counts than standard table salt. Other issues that people normally experience on the keto diet is a lack of hunger the first week or two weeks. And this is going to be an issue throughout the diet until your body fat levels get lower. When your body fat gets lower, you're going to have almost an insatiable hunger. Um, if they get really low, at least that is. But the lack of hunger makes it hard for you. Once you're starting to fat adapt, you're going to have a hard time forcing yourself to eat. Set a goal for your weight loss. Set an eating window and try to get those calories in for the first two weeks. After the first two weeks, just make sure you're not going too high on the deficit for your calories. Um, this is why I recommend a lot of people wear a heart rate monitor, such as a Fitbit Vera or Versa, Fitbit Ionic, uh, Charge 2, um, Surge, any of the heart rate monitoring mon monitor, uh, smartwatches, wristbands, fitness trackers, whatever. I believe the Apple Watch also has a fitness or as a heart rate monitor. Anything to give you a really good estimate of what your calorie burn for the week is or the day is. I usually tell people to map out their calories for a seven day period and average them out. The advantage of the keto diet is you can eat your calories in a way, I would say, instead of going heavy on days you know you're going to be burning more calories and lighter on days that you don't think you're going to be burning more calories, you can kind of even it out throughout the week. And that will be perfectly fine because the fat reserves will kind of compensate here and there. So average out a seven day to 14 day period, set that as your standard calorie burn. And then after one to two weeks of keto, when you already have your calorie burn averaged out, go ahead and drop down 250 or 500 calories from that target. Until you've been on the diet for one to two weeks, so I would not recommend going into a deficit. Stay at a surplus. It's not going to hurt you. It's only going to make the fat adaption period much, much easier and help you with your success on the diet in the long term. What else can we talk about here, guys? Um, fat adaption does take at least 72 hours for the initial switch over into ketosis. Now, after that period of time, you're not fully fat adapted. Full fat adaption will take about six months on average to a year. When you're fully fat adapted, you can sneak in a couple more carbs here and there without much detriment. Now, until you are fully fat adapted, you do want to stay around the 22 net carbs, but you want to keep your total carbs still under around 55 total carbs. A lot of people think it's 22 net carbs or 55 total carbs. This is not true. 
you need to keep both of those in check. After you're a little bit more fat adapted, the 55 becomes a little bit more liberal. You still want to keep your fiber relatively in check there, but stuff like erythritol, just totally throw that out of the carb calculation. Your body can't process it at all from what I've seen, and you will have no issues there. When it comes to sugar-free candies, I will warn you, most of them do not use erythritol. They use other forms of sugar alcohol that your body can still partially digest. So be careful with those. Some of them have higher glycemic index sugar alcohols in them. Some of them have lower glycemic sugar alcohols in them. I've had a lot of success with the Russell Stover's sugar-free candies but other sugar-free candies have actually kicked me out of ketosis relatively quick. I do recommend avoiding fruit for the most part, uh, blueberries and raspberries, and limited strawberries are pretty much all you're going to get for fruit other than the glorious avocado. Um, if you have any questions about keto desserts, I do have a rather good list of options for keto desserts, um, including the keto quick cheat ice cream, which is, you know, frozen strawberries, heavy whipping cream, coconut milk, a little Gora gum, and erythritol. It really helps with those ice cream cravings. And trust me, you will have ice cream cravings or something. Everybody has their thing that they cannot keep from craving. Feel free to ask about you know, what is that thing? What is that thing that you think is going to cause you to break your diet? Post it up in the group chat or in the group on Facebook. And I'm sure someone there, me or someone else, probably has a solution for making a ketogenic version of that, you know, that thing that you think is the one thing you can't live without that's going to cause you to cheat on this diet. Once you've been on the diet for a couple weeks, one of the biggest mistakes people are going to make is that first cheat day. This is not a diet that cheating on is going to be your friend. The problem with cheating on this diet is that it's going to throw you out of ketosis. Your body is going to go from burning fat to burning carbs, but you're not giving it carbs. You might cheat that one day and that one day your body's got the carbs to burn. But when you wake up the next day, where are those carbs? You don't have them anymore. You're feeding it fat again, and your body's got to readapt to burning the fat. It sucks. It, it might as well be called the keto hangover or the carb hangover. I've experienced it twice. One time I slept through like five alarm clocks after Thanksgiving because stuffing, stuffing is my thing. Like that... That's one thing when it comes to Thanksgiving, I'm going to throw myself out of keto every Thanksgiving because I love stuffing. I can't help it. I need stuffing in my life one day a year. And that's the one day I'll probably break my diet. The other time that I broke my diet, I woke up with the hangover. It wasn't an energy depletion like I had on Thanksgiving, but I woke up with what felt like a hangover from hell. And that was all because I went out to sushi and I binged and all that starchy, worthless white rice carbohydrates killed me. It just, it threw me so far out of keto. My body hurt. I worked out the day before. And if you've 
done any form of weightlifting or anything on keto, your recovery time for weightlifting, exercising, working out, the joint inflammation, there's so many benefits to this when it comes to like weight training and exercise that helps with recovery or preventing soreness. That when you throw yourself out of ketosis after a heavy day at the gym and you wake up the next day, you're going to wake up feeling like you just got hit by a Mack truck and it sucks. It sucks so much. I, I cannot emphasize how much that sucked. So that is something else to keep in mind. Anyways, this is uh, the first week, first episode of the Driven Fitness Keto Bodybuilding and OCR podcast discussion. We're going to be trying to keep every episode right around 15 minutes. If you want to check us out on Facebook, the Facebook group is Driven Fitness Keto Bodybuilding and OCR. Feel free to suggest topics of discussion, things you'd like us to go over on the show. We're going to be taking guest hosts here and there, people that want to ask questions live um, on the podcast for discussion. We'll also be talking about weight training, you know, basically weight training, keto, and uh, training for obstacle course races. If you have any inclination that you might want to do a Spartan race in the near future, hit us up. What 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 is your idea? What do you think you should be doing for training for an obstacle course race? I can tell you what, it's probably going to be a little different. There are a lot of obstacles that require a lot of grip strength. And a lot of people tend to overemphasize working on their grip strength versus working on their running. I know that I definitely lack in the running department for my races and I need to step it up on the running. My next race is going to be in June and it's going to be a 12 mile in Monterey. And I haven't even started training cardio yet. And I should probably start training cardio again, get my cardio levels up for that race. Uh, my last race was a three mile race and it was 170 stories of elevation. And, you know, I thought my legs were bulletproof. My legs are no, not bulletproof when it comes to something like that. And then in September, my big race is going to be a up to 26 mile race in Tahoe with a lot of elevation climb. So lots of training going on for that. And I would be more than happy to discuss training regimens for that type of obstacle course race. Anyways, this is Caleb with Driven Fitness signing off. I will talk to you guys next week.